Today on the show, we're talking about a cost-effective approach to technology. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your host, and I'm joined with my co-host Trevor. And today we are diving into the topic of technology and a cost-effective approach to it. Yeah, so I thought this would be a good topic because everybody that's listening to this podcast is somewhat dialed in technology because I think if you weren't a technological person, you would probably just be listening to the radio. So if you have some sort of appreciation for technology, you're listening to this podcast, I think it's it's proof that you you're, you have some sort of appreciation for technology. So I think you could lose your mind with technology. Everyone knows my affection for <laughs> iPhones and Bluetooth, everything. So I, I, I don't lose my mind financially with technology. I have an approach and I just kind of assumed it was common knowledge. This is how everybody approached it. But I was, I was talking to some friends and, and I realized that they don't, like I have a unique, I think I have a unique spin on how to acquire and how to use technology in a very cost-effective manner. And knowing it's my weakness, if if I had a financial weakness, and I, I really don't think I, I, I'm vulnerable to, you know, losing my mind financially, but if I were to, it would be with technology. So, so a couple things. I want to kind of rewind to when you use the word appreciation. And I think, I mean, I know that you use the word appreciation in the sense of um, kind of admiration for our advanced technology and its capabilities. But I mean, appreciation obviously for you is because you absolutely love um, depreciate. You actually, you, you absolutely love Bluetooth headphones and 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 iPhones and and stuff like and you 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 love that stuff. But I think at the, at the end of the day, we we all, I mean, technology in general, TV, any kind of technology that we incorporate into our life. Which is why I think, like you're saying, this episode really applies to everyone. Well, you know you have an appreciation for technology if you're fascinated by the new features. So I, the new, new new iPhone gets announced and I will tell somebody at work about all the fabulous features and the, the battery life and all the things they're going to do. And their eyes will glaze over and they'll say, you know, it's a, I'll, I'll, done, I'll be done my 20-minute <laughs> spiel about this fascinating product that's going to come out. And they're going to say... Is today Tuesday? <laughs> you know, that's that's the response. Like they really don't care, right? So you'll know if you're talking to somebody who really in, appreciates how technology is advancing, the features they're bringing to you. Like one thing that's really I'm blown away by, and a lot of people don't. I look back at what what say cell phones used to do, and when you look at the battery life today, we still complain about battery life. But when you look at the battery life of a phone today, it's it's remarkable how far it's come in such a small window of time. I think the first iPhone came out in 2007 and the battery life on that was it, you, you couldn't get a, a day out of an iPhone back when it first came out. It would not la- the charge would not last one day. And now people are complaining they have to charge their phone every other day. And, and you, what you could do with your phone back in 2007 is basically place a phone call. And what you can do with your phone today, I mean, that, would, that, that iPhone in 2007, if, if you were to do today's things on that battery, it would have lasted like, 20 minutes before it was it was out of charge so you can tell how fascinated i am i am by technology so it might be a measuring stick of yourself if you're fascinated by the advancements not so much you know you can get caught up in all the fancy features and the camera features in a phone and i i i'm taken by those but 
I'm really taken by advancement. That is my, the thing I'm so amazed by. So do you argue, I mean, you can have kind of your level of admiration for technology, but would you argue that in today's society, it's kind of a thing that you have to, you kind of have to take it on. You have to want to, you have to kind of take on that ability to navigate your way through the technologies coming out because it's, it's kind of a necessity in in today's day and age to kind of all these technologies, and we'll get into this later in the show, uh, whether our listeners agree with that sentiment or not. But would, would you agree with that, Trevor? It's kind of this episode is kind of born on a necessity. Well, it is in that if you're not accepting of technology, you are just going to be left behind. It's not like you can opt out of technology. It's not. It's not a choice anymore. If you, if I were to stop and ask someone for directions on how to get somewhere, I, I. I Okay, I can barely give directions to somebody now. If somebody were to ask me, I, I haven't give di- given directions to our beach in like forever. So if somebody stopped me and said, hey, do you know how to get to the beach? I, I would have to say, just keep driving to hit the water. <laughs> <laughs> because I forget how many stoplights are there. I forget how many roads. I forget, you know, I, I can't remember. Be- but I used to, when I first moved here, I could give directions to, to someone at the beach from anywhere in town and with great a great deal of confidence, I was certain they were going to get there. But now I'd say, "Wow, I don't, I don't know." You, you mean, do, do you not have a phone? <laughs> like, can, can you not put this in your GPS? Like, you know, I, I, it would seem like an odd request. And here's another one: in modern cars, like my car says, uh, when I fill it up with gas, it says you you have this many kilometers of driving, and it's it's constantly changing. I guess given the kind of driving I'm doing, if I'm burning a lot of gas, the number goes down faster. Like someone who runs out of gas, who's stuck on the side of the road, I'm thinking, really? <laughs> you know, in, in, in a relative new car, I'm thinking, really? You ran out of gas? Like, what what gives? You know what I mean? Like, I, I fail to understand. So these are examples where society is expecting you to accept technology and use it to your benefit. Like, so the people that don't, I mean, they really stand out now. It used to be the opposite. You know, people, you know, how did you figure that out? And they say, well, I just use my GPS. I go, what's a GPS, right? And <laughs> how did you get here? You know, I never even gave you directions. So it, it, now it's just, it's flip-flopped, right? And if you're not using technology, it's like, well, I can't really help you. <laughs> and, uh, but the important thing is, and I, I, that's really what this episode about is kind of diving into the nuances of technology and how we can ne- navigate it and to, to, in order to make decisions, again, we're personal finance podcasts that are, are financially make sense. So Trevor, I want to dive back to, you kind of opened up this episode talking about a kind of a conversation that took place between you and, and, and a friend. So what, what, what was the kind of the, I'm sure that it kind of maybe inspired today's episode, but what was that? What kind of some differences, some nuances that you noticed in that conversation that was like, Hey, this is, this is, this is worth an episode. Well, I was trying to convince this person to upgrade their phone. They, they were complaining about uh, it, their phone kept crashing. And crashing means, you know, every time you open an app, your phone just restarts itself. And the phone was very old. And they were trying to use a, a very current app on their phone, and it just wasn't working. And I was trying to convince them uh, that they probably need a new phone and how it's, it's not really a phone. You know, we've, we've misnamed this thing. It's, it's a computer in your hand. But the, I was trying to figure out a way, and so I kept describing these features, and the person was just glazed eyes. They were not interested in anything I was saying. 
And I kept talking about the features and then I hit the camera and I seemed to hit a, a note with this person. And I talked about all the things that camera, you know, did on the modern phone, you know, how, how many megapixels and how it, it took remarkable photos. And that's how I convinced this person to get a new phone was, was the camera. But I kept having to go to the features and this person had a, you know, a, a digital camera and, and it, one of those DLSRs and it's, it's quite large. And she was saying she didn't take it many places because it was so large and, and, and cumbersome. And I, I said, you know, this cell phone, I know she told me how old her camera was. Uh, this, I said, this cell phone takes better pictures than your DSLR. Which DSLR is a digital single X reflex camera. It's those cameras with the big long lenses, basically. So I, I said, this thing will take better pictures than that, that camera. I think her camera was like eight years old. So I, I, I didn't look up the specs on it, but it's pretty sure. So that, that's how I convinced this person. I, I had to find the right, the right note that they heard saying, oh, okay, I, I could use a new camera. So more of a story, if you need to be sold on why to buy a new iPhone, you can email us at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I love that example. It's it's kind of it's showcasing the the benefits of technology. And, and, and really what, I'm, what I kind of pull from that is that fine line between how to justify the the kind of the, the taking on of a new piece of technology and and, and when when it's a time to to introduce a new piece of technology into your life because like you said you can lose your mind on this and again why i think it's we're talking about this on a personal finance podcast is because it can be expensive and it's it can be easy as like other expensive pieces of things to justify the introduction of something like this into your life well, you know, and you can be a uh, a technology minimalist if you approach it the right way. So my wife, she doesn't have near the appreciation for technology as I do, but she's accepting of it in that she knows it's going to be, you can't shun it. You'll be in the outside looking in. But she is able to run her entire life on an iPhone. She she, she does you everything on her iPhone. You name it, she does it. And I happen to have the whole set <laughs> and when I say the whole set there isn't many Apple products that are made that I don't have but I've, I've acquired them in a very cost-effective manner so when, when we go through the episode you'll see my approach how I have the complete Apple set so but I've done it in such a way where I it didn't cost me and a small fortune to get there so I think the the real place to start this episode is there's obviously a plethora of benefits, but I think we should start by talking off with start talking about the problems with technology because the benefits are profound, but there's also some things to kind of talk about when it comes to problems. So there's kind of four main areas when we uh, kind of problem areas when we're talking about technology. So I'll list them all off and then we'll go back through them and kind of look it kind of assess each and, and the nuances within um each kind of area so uh, first is product lifestyle the second is brand ecosystem the third is peripheral equipment and the fourth is compatibility issues so we'll start with number one the number one is product lifestyle L- product life cycle Sorry, is, yeah product license so the they th- i think you need to look at technology and know there's an underlying problem in it. So the advancement of technology is a good thing. 
and a bad thing at the exact same time. So the good thing is it's moving us forward and, and we're, we're able to do more and, and accomplish more things and just technology gives us access to things we didn't before. But the problem, those problems come at a cost. So one thing when you're buying technology, you have to look at, at the product life cycle. So the product life cycle is when, is when they develop a new tech, technology product, like like a phone, they don't blindly think that this is going to be around un, until the next one comes out. Like they, they, they build this thing thinking it will be a viable technology, technolog- technological product for three years or maybe five years. When they build the phone, they, they already have a, a view in their mind of how long they think this thing will be useful for. So when you're buying technology, know that there's built-in obsolescence. So if you accept that, you won't be disappointed when you, you know, three, three years later, your gaming system won't run the latest game. You know, you, you, you avoid being disappointed by that. You just come to accept that's how technology works. And I think another one is, um, I know well, last time I tried upgrading my Mac's operating system, it literally just kind of died on me and I had to kind of go in and re- I got that change reversed um, and, and, and fixed. So I like just that's kind of another quick example. But is this, I mean, I, I, I work in marketing myself, so I know that there's there's definitely a marketing kind of spin to this, but do you think that's a bad thing to think that the company's forcing us to pick up new technologies is beneficial? Or I know there's kind of that, that mixed emotion, mixed feeling to these, these pieces of equipment becoming obsolete in, in kind of the way that they do. So creating a new operating system that will run on older products, all it's doing is limiting the functionality of that new operating system. If that new operating system, if one of the criteria is this new operating system has to be has to be able to run on a 10-year-old computer, then all you're doing is limiting the capabilities and and, and slowing the progress of technology. So I, I, I as much as as this built-in obsolescence is a problem for the consumer, you would be frustrated with the advancements in technology if they made these things uh, like like a new operating system uh, would run on a, on a, a 2007 iPhone the latest iOS system would run on you you would just be thinking why is it taking apple so long to solve these problems you know, that so you would just be frustrated as a consumer it's a really positive way to kind of view that because when we do kind of talk about it from a personal finance perspective, there is a lot of cost that goes to kind of purchasing new pieces of technology when they do become obsolete. So it's kind of a nice way to appreciate the fact that uh, advancements are being made. So the second point, and so the second problem with technology is brand ecosystem. So this one is huge when it comes to Trevor's favorite brand. So if you buy an iPhone, chances are you've got iPhone apps you've bought and just say your you your phone gets old and starts to slow down and you think you know I, I need to get a new phone or say you drop it you break it you, you need to get a new phone if you went into an Android phone uh, all those apps you bought for your iPhone you're gonna have to rebuy them for your your Android phone so you end up tied so to an ecosystem in, in like Apple or Microsoft or Google you tie yourself to their platform 
it's good and bad. So the 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 app developers are able to create uh, apps faster in in, in more. Uh, it runs specifically on one operating system. They're able to do more with it. Again, the, you would be frustrated as a consumer is if the limitations an app would have in order for it to run on all operating systems. So it it's it's unfortunate that you. You are you. The longer you stay with a particular brand, the 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 more tied you are to it. So, it's this is more of a a marketing thing, and it, it, this this is less of a advancement in technology. This issue is really about uh, a brand wanting to hold you hostage or hold you prisoner. So we are gonna. The fourth point is compatibility compatibility issues. But when uh, so I don't want to kind of. Uh, talk about this point too much but when we, do, when we do talk about an ecosystem i think this also ties into the fact that there are kind of products that work together and uh, we will i again dive into this further in compatibility issues but the whole ecosystem like you said with this set of products i mean that's a nice little ecosystem that you are within and it kind of i think when you uh, get more products that kind of interact within that ecosystem. It makes you rethink um, introducing something that doesn't belong in that ecosystem. It's, it's kind of like nature in a sense. It just, it, it works better together. It's true. So you're, th- this is, this is the opposite. The, it's not, it's, it's the benefits of being tied to an ecosystem, right? It's, there is, there's a, there's more benefits than there's downside. But I say that because it is a problem in the same sense, because if, I mean, Trevor, how likely are you to purchase a, I know, put the fact that you love Apple aside, are you more, are you likely to purchase a non-Apple phone when you already have a complete set of other things that interact very seamlessly with that phone? You know, I am somewhat fascinated by Android phones in that uh, I'm kind of a techie and there's a, you can do a lot more customization and, and a lot more sort of user level adjustments to an Android phone. And iPhones tend to be really locked down and very limiting in what you could do. The, 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 the Apple products are really designed for the non-technical person because they, you turn it on and it just works and it interacts with all your other Apple products very seamlessly. So it's, it's actually designed for the non-technical person, but it seems a lot of technical people tend to own them. So the third point is peripheral equipment. And this kind of associated with the need for extra accessories. So there's a, there's a term out there. It's called a dongle. And <laughs> Please it's an invented this. word. So a dongle is just say you bought a, uh, the latest iPhone. <laughs> I'm going to use more <laughs> iPhone references in this episode than ever before. If you're listening but- to this and you don't like iPhones... No, but just say you did. And the latest iPhone, it, it doesn't have a head jack anymore, a headphone jack. So we, if you had headphones, your favorite Beats headphones that you plug into your phone, it, 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 your headphones plug into the power plug-in spot. It's just the same place you charge your phone is where you would put your headphones in, in the new phones. But if you have this, you know, if you bought a $200 set of headphones that you really like and you want to use them, you can buy this dongle, which is basically it's an adapter that goes from the lightning connector to the eighth inch uh, uh, headphone jack connector. So it it's it's a it's a dongle that kind of converts your old style headphones to be able to work with a new style phone. 
So Apple sells all these dongles that go from USB to HDMI. Um, sorry for all these acronyms. <laughs> I hope people know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a new USB-C to USB-A. You can get these. And, and so if you go into it like a staple store, there's this wall full of, and I'm going to call them dongles because that's what Apple calls them. They're basically adapters that go from, you know, an, an SD memory card to a USB connector. It, it, you can get them to connect from anything to anything. But the problem is they cost like 60 or $70 a piece. So if you get one and you need one, so I got, I, I got a dongle for my, to connect my iPad to my TV and it cost $60. And this thing is like four inches long. I was furious, <laughs> bought it anyway, but I was furious. And it, it goes from lightning connector to HDMI. So I can plug my iPad into my TV and, and it works. And I could take it with me if I was staying in a hotel, I could watch a movie or something. If I had it on my iPad, I could watch it on, on a hotel TV. It, it's been handy, but it costs 60 bucks. So that's just, those peripheral things like that are just one more thing tying you to a brand. My eyes have glossed over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too many acronyms there for sure. I, I'm kidding. But no, but it's, it's, a, it's a good point. Like we, we kind of get forced into purchasing also dongle is such a funny word but we got purchased we got kind of sucked into this world of having being forced to without kind of a choice if we want to continue using these products for other products to purchase these so dongles I'm, I'm gonna say there probably isn't if i if i went down my street and i said do you have a bucket in your basement full of cables <laughs> <laughs> that just connect to random things that you you owned in the past and you no longer have like I have this bucket in my basement just full of cords, adapters, connectors, everything that I've used over the years as technology has passed me by. And every once in a while, I'll go in there, I'll need a cord and voila, one of them actually works, but most of them don't. But that's an example of peripheral equipment that's kind of moved on. Like I remember when um, the best way to hook up a, a stereo to a, your TV was with these AV cables. Ooh, the three They're, colored ones. Yeah, the white, the red, and the yellow. They don't, that, everyone uses HDMI now, so they don't use those anymore. But every once in a while, I've needed one, so I, I, they're, they're in my bucket. <laughs> I'm guessing you have quite a few in your bucket. No, that's, that's so true. I'm sure everyone listening to this is, is nodding in agreement and being like, yes, I have that bucket of, of things that went with things that I still have. And so that represents peripheral equipment that works that you still might have or you you're never going to use again so the fourth and final problem with technology is compatibility issues so where does this show up most commonly and what are kind of the the, the real problem with with this this issue well, here's an example where i had a problem is i had a, a surround sound system in my family room and my tv and i had these speakers that were all around the wall and and a big subwoofer. Everyone's familiar with the surround sound system. It was a DVD player too. And I bought a newer TV. This is going back quite a few years. But the TV and the DVD player were of different generations. They did not work well together. And it took at least four remotes <laughs> <laughs> to turn on and watch something, right? Minimum four remote controls to get anything to come on the screen and sound at the same time. But the there was an alarming number of cables that 
made this work. And as it turned out, I was the only person in the house that knew how any of that stuff worked. So uh, that, that's an example where I pushed compatibility beyond its, its with, beyond reason, right? It, it, that, that, that surround sound system was not going to work with my TV, but I, I wouldn't let it and go. And that was, yeah, was it, you not kind of wanting to purchase a new piece of equipment. You wanted to kind of make it work. Yeah, and so I, I wanted to work with this. Again, it's, it was just an entertainment thing, right? I'm not going to drop big money on that. So what I ended up doing is I, I figured out how to connect a Bluetooth speaker to my TV wirelessly, and it, it, it works great. So I got rid of my surround sound system that I held on for probably five years too long. So, but if you have, so compatibility issues, it's a problem with technology. You have to know when to give up on on using a very old piece of technology with current technology. You, sometimes it is just not worth it. So I'm glad you brought that point up because this is one that I think ties very heavily into kind of the personal finance side of things is that we can spend a lot of money on technology and I, and it's kind of it's kind of like the purchasing a new car. If you kind of maybe drive the the crap out of your car, drive it a lot longer than maybe you should until it's f- literally falling apart. The same thing about technology. You just kind of you hold on to it, even though when it's all there's you, you maybe it doesn't work with anything, but you hold on to it because you paid a lot of money for it. I mean. I know you've kind of spent, I know you bought a, you talked about a while ago, you bought a VCR back when it was kind of more expensive, but did you, for instance, hold onto that VCR for a little bit longer than you should have? Or is there any other examples where you were kind of resistant to give something up because you didn't want to? Or on flip side, is it, do you, when it, your whole kind of purchasing perspective, do you kind of take that into account when you purchase things? Well, you raise a good point. So with the surround sound system, my problem was the thing still worked and it still sounded really good. So I, I had a problem giving up on it because it, it, it did everything it was supposed to do and it sounded great. So parting with it seemed like a complete waste of money. Yeah. So that's this should be number five on this list. The problem with technology is you, you end up getting rid of stuff that is in perfect working condition. Well, no, it belongs in four, but compatibility issues have made it obsolete. Here's what stop. Here's what awakes me from all the time is we have a store here in my town I live in. It's called Beyond the Blue Box. It's it's where you can donate stuff, then and they they sell it secondhand, and they have a electronic section in there in their store, and in there is just piles and piles, and I'm talking piles, not nicely organized. They're literally just stacked on top of each other of of surround sound systems that people have just given up on, like I did. And that stopped me from buying another one because I thought this is what stops me from from losing my mind technology is I go see where, where technology goes to die. And I go visit that place often enough that I say, wow, I don't want to drop $300 on a surround sound system and have it end up here in five years. So that's what stops me from losing my mind. It really gives you a great perspective before you well, introduce the, anything. The visualization. In. Yeah. The visualization because I can see all this stuff, and I, I look at it, and I, re- I remember looking at those things, and I know how much they, they people paid for this stuff, and it just came here to die. And I think I think the same can be said about a, a kind of any other piece of technology. I know for me, it, it hurts me inside when I, everyone I'm sure also, just like they're kind of the 
bucket of cords has that kind of graveyard of cell phones and i think that or printers or, or laptops and i think that as well oh printers oh. printers <laughs> did i hit did i hit that a note is, there yeah I've, i can't count how many printers i've owned over the years and what what happens is is the they come up with a new way that a printer will be more efficient with ink oh yeah you know and then you you say well i could pay for this new printer in ink alone yeah. if i if i you know what and then you, the printers i've owned over the years is just mind-boggling some of them obsolete you know couldn't get a driver wouldn't work with my new computer get a new printer and it, it's it's mind-blowing the number of printers i've owned so it's just stuff like that it, it, you kind of you, you just kind of feel kind of terrible getting rid of it and adding it to the the pile of, of obsolete technology but I think that is a as a real one and I, I, I want to kind of follow up my second question that I asked you does that when you are looking at the price tags of di- new piece of technology do you are you quick to buy maybe a less expensive option knowing that it will eventually not serve you anymore no, I don't go with that approach. And later in the show, we're going to get into my approach. But I, I really look at my immediate needs, not my future needs, not my, I might want to do this with it. What do I need it for today? And that is, that that's my safety net is, is I use, I buy for my current needs. I like that. And so we are, again, we are going to talk more about that when we um, go through the rest of this episode. So, but here, here's a little printer story <laughs> that, that's an interesting one. So way back in the early 90s, I bought a uh, inkjet printer when inkjet printers were first invented. This is just a black one; it didn't do color, and I bought it for eight hundred dollars. Oh, and eight hundred dollars then too. Yeah. So, and and it just printed black. Wow. There was no color, and it was eight hundred dollars. A lot of money. Uh, it was like cutting edge technology, and I. I kept that thing for a long time because even though they came out with color ones and faster ones and more efficient ones, that's one I held on to. And I remember it was a going, I was going away on business with somebody and there, there just seemed to be this point in time where printers just, they went from $800 to $99 or they went from $800 down to like $70, like just overnight the, the price of printers just dropped just out of nowhere. And I remember I was going away in business and the person I was traveling with, you know, we, we, we were told we needed a printer. And he, he was going to be the person who, carried, who traveled the, with the printer. He just, we just picked him, <laughs> unfortunate. And he was going to bring the printer. We all brought our computers. And back then, laptops were monstrous and heavy. And we're getting to the airport. Or, and it was said, where's your printer? you know, what, what suitcase did you put the printer in? She says, I'm going to buy one when I get there. And I go, you're out of your mind. How you, then you're going to cart it back home. He goes, nope, I'm just going to leave it at the hotel. And so he bought a printer for 70 bucks. He used it for a week and he left. And the hotel ended up calling him and said, hey, you forgot your printer. He says, you know what? I don't want it. <laughs> you know, so for him, it was it was worth that. that talk about uh, uh, product life cycle. This this thing had had a seven day a five day life cycle, right? He bought it. He we 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 drove, got a rental car, we dropped, stopped at Staples. He bought a printer, took it to the hotel. He used it for a week, and left it. Wow! And and that that's when my eyes were open. I got to get rid of this boat anchor of a printer I have for eight hundred bucks. It I think I had the thing for about seven years, so it was pretty good. But I probably pushed it longer than I should have. It there was better printers on the market 
long before I got rid of that. Wow. Yeah, that really illustrates kind of holding on to things that we invest a lot of money into. And that's, yeah, no, wow, that blows me away. So uh, that was kind of the problem with technology. We just kind of covered there in four points. And this whole outline will be in the show notes. You can kind of refer back to it as well. But we're going to move. And I think think it's important to understand the underlying issues with technology. Like just accept them. This this is an a known flaw in in technology. If you want to be part of the technological world, you have to accept these shortcomings in technology. Yes, and I'm I am glad you that you said that again because it does kind of reiterate the point that. I think, I, I mean, I'm sure there's not a, a human on the planet who doesn't get frustrated when they have to go to Staples to purchase a $60 dongle that they, they have to have, but don't want to purchase. But they, it, I think, and it kind of normalizes that experience a little bit. And and just to th- back to the dongle thing, because could you imagine the ports your phone would have to have or your computer would have to have in a world with no dongles? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like you would have to have, um, I don't know if you remember those great big printer connectors, the oh, parallel. Like the, with the, all the, the, pins. the old VGA ones for the projectors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in printer ones used to look oh, like that, wow. I guess. That was before your time. Could you imagine having those on the side of your, your MacBook Air? Yeah, no, thank you. Like, that would, like, it wouldn't even fit. Yeah, so y- y- those dongles, again, you may not like paying 60 bucks for this adapter, but... The alternative was was to have your computer just littered with connectors all the way around it, making it twice the size it needs to be. Yeah, and and what what about like I know I had to go purchase a new um, MacBook Pro um, like charger. Uh, it was a hundred dollar investment, so I was grumbling about that. But I know there are some kind of theories that sometimes technology is not designed to last. When it comes to kind of things like that, do you think that? Maybe things are not inherently created as superior as they should be or once were due to uh, hope that marketers hoping will repurchase more frequently. Or do you believe that maybe the mine was just kind of a faulty core? Like, where do you think that kind of theory lies? That's a really good question, because in a perfect world, the product would be built in such a way that it would start to fall apart when it was no longer technologically, technologically useful. In a perfect world, because go back to my surround sound system, I wish it, it was all distorted and sounded bad or the DVD player stopped working or something broke on it, a knob fell off when it, it no longer was compatible with my TV. It, I would have not gone through that, you know, for remote thing, <laughs> you know, so I, I would prefer technology be built a little more, a little less durable so that when it is no longer meaning technology needs of the day it also isn't physically working you know it's starting to show wear physically it'd make it easier to get rid of them yeah it's it kind of because getting rid of a kind of a perfectly working piece of technology reminds me of when you buy a new dryer just because your washer stopped working too it's kind of like that 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 wastefulness that that extra extra thing that you didn't need to go through with so, so again, that was the problem with technology. I, we're going to talk now about uses of technology because I think this this part is, I think, uh, such an important part of, part of this episode because we've kind of talked at the beginning how technology has kind of become this like mandatory thing that we all kind of 
have to embrace in today's today's time. But there's definitely different uses and purposes. We're going to dive into that. There's four, again, four points within this uh, this category of uses of technology. So I'll go through them quickly and they'll go back and kind of define them a little bit more. So we have entertainment as our first one. Our second one is convenience. Number three is essential. And number four is critical. So Trevor, let's, let's go back to number one here. So this list also kind of goes from from my perspective, at least from kind of more um, kind of not quite a necessity. And then it goes down to kind of more of a necessity. Is that kind of correct? It's kind of ordered that way. Yeah. And if you don't categorize your, your technology and you just, you don't want to be, if, if you're going to do this in a cost effective manner, you can't brush them all with the same paint. You can't say, I'm going to have high-end everything. You That's how you will you lose your mind financially. So it's important to to categorize your, your electronic needs and spend on them accordingly. I like that. So that kind of, this this kind of gives purpose to what that techno- piece of technology is actually serving. So number one is entertainment. So I think entertainment technology is the one you should be willing to spend the least amount on. It is the least critical piece of technology in your life. It is purely for the purpose of entertainment. So I'm going to use a gaming system as an example. I don't think anybody should have the latest, like in my mind, the latest gaming console. The, the, the premium you pay for that is outrageous. If, 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 if you just stay one generation behind on gaming consoles and the associated games that go with it, you will save, I'm going to save thousands of dollars over a very small window of time. And this this category entertainment is more, I think, would fall under the discretionary, obviously, discretionary side of the spending equation. And if you think of a TV, if you, I think this, it almost seems like the standard size TV now is a 65-inch TV, which is mind-blowing, excessive. And if you could get by, <laughs> I'm talking just get by with a 50, 50 or 55 inch what? TV, you're probably getting it for, I'm going to say 40% less. You know, the, the price drops off dramatically. I, 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 I don't look at TVs a lot, but every once in a while, I'll, I'll, some, the newspapers will come in, I'll flip through the flyers and I'll see the, the, the price point just drops off to, to you know, goes from four digits to three digits. You know, so it's it's thousands of dollars for a, a 4K 65-inch TV, and it's hundreds of dollars for a 48-inch TV. Like you, you can you can quickly see what size you need to stay below. And the 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 if you're if you haven't spent any time looking at a 65-inch TV, you're not going to miss it. So get used to looking. My TV is I think a 45-inch TV, and it looks ginormous compared to every other screen in my house, which is a computer screen, an iPad, a phone. I don't sit in front of 65-inch TVs, so I'm not missing them. But the minute you get in front of one, everything else is a bedroom TV, right? <laughs> everything else is a kitchen TV. Like, it, so don't don't punish yourself. Don't don't put yourself in front of those big TVs. So entertainment is the thing you should be willing to be the least current on, and spend the least amount on. 
I really like that that point. It's it's because it, it, technology really is about comparison and perspective. So if if it's kind of like the whole if you, if you upgrade your dishwasher, your oven and fridge will look outdated because they're not stainless steel. So the, it kind of the same thing about entertainment. If if you kind of keep modest with with all of your entertainment technology needs, then it's not like one tv in your house pretending you have two tvs it's not like one tv is huge and the other is small and then all of a sudden the small one looks really small so i i like that approach so here's an example here's what i because everyone knows i got this addiction to bluetooth earbuds so apple airpods are the latest and greatest thing uh, in bluetooth earbuds or earphones and they're about 220 dollars for the the or $220 to $240 for a set. I went on Amazon and found something that looked a, uh, looked a lot like Apple AirPods. And they are, and they, they all the stats, like I read all the, because I'm, you know, dialed into technology. I read about all the specs on, on the AirPods and the spec on these ones on Amazon. And I could, I think I'm in customer reviews are a great thing. So Amazon customer reviews are really high. I read the reviews. People really like them. So I think I could probably get a set of earbuds that look like Apple AirPods, which are $220 for about 40 bucks, $50 tops. So, and that that's, I wouldn't, that's how I would approach. And so for me, Bluetooth earbuds are for entertainment. So that's how I would approach that. I like that. I, I like that. And and that's a beautiful thing too about um, technology is that there are a lot of options and different price points. So there is a very kind of, I don't know, frugal, I'm not sure that's the right word, but a very kind of economical way to go about um, entertain uh, the our entertainment technology specifically. So the second use of technology is for convenience. So this is where I, I think you should be willing to spend a bit more than entertainment dollars. Uh, technology dollars so i i for convenience this would be things like features in your car navigation but you should use your phone but a cell phone would fit in here as a convenience tool but it's also it's i think a critical tool in in society today but convenience is is like technology technology that makes your life more efficient and i'm struggling to think of a of something that would be universal to everybody. I, I can think of things in my life that make my life efficient of technology. I have a Bluetooth in my car and I connect my phone to it. I can make phone calls. I can receive phone calls with my phone. I don't have to stop to, to take a call or make a call. I, I can talk to somebody while I'm driving. That is a convenience issue. So I paid a bit of a premium. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe all cars come with that. My previous car didn't, this car does. I, now that I have it, I, I wouldn't want to be without that convenience. It's 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 something. It's technology I'm willing to have, but I'm not going to go like having a too much. Like I'm not going to invest too many dollars in in technology convenience. But there's certain things I would. So this one seems like it is. You can kind of maybe lose your mind on this point, and and also it's. It feels very personal as well because maybe that Bluetooth in your car is not something that someone else would find uh, convenience. They would just 
not find value or 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 and maybe they, they they actually maybe their their job is they're always constantly driving they're always taking calls so maybe that might move to a different category but is this i mean I'm sure it wasn't, I guess I know all cars probably do come with Bluetooth now, so it's kind of more of a, a feature that's just there. But has there been other kind of times when you've almost got caught up in convenience or, or scenarios or just just other piece of technology where this can be dangerous and you can lose your mind? Well, when I had a young family, uh, I, I needed to be efficient. And so when I say convenience, it, it's technological convenience that makes you efficient. Don't get stuff that makes you lazy. You know, here's one that these, have you ever seen these vacuums that they, they like little robots yes. and they go around and vacuum? I, I think that is just technology that makes you lazy, not efficient. Because that thing is not very efficient at vacuuming your floors. It takes a long time and they're annoying. <laughs> you, 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 I've been in a house where one's going around and you think you're going to trip over it. So there is, there is, here's one, a water dispenser in the fridge, you know, in the door of the fridge. Uh, I think, yeah, it's convenient, but it's kind of bordering on, on lazy maybe, right? So I, I think conveniences that make you efficient are worth having. Conveniences that make you lazy are not. But again, there's that very fine line because it's you can really justify, you can justify a lot with, with, this, with this point number two for convenience. Well, and it's going to be different for everybody at different stages of your life. Definitely. So I, I think, again, that's an important piece to bring up in terms of uses of technology. And again, I, like you said at the beginning of uh, the episode, it's important just to realize why why you have a piece of technology in your life and what its use actually is. So the third use of technology is essential. So this category is obviously becoming we kind of talked about that technology in the participation in, and the utilization of technology is becoming essential, but what types of specific uh, technologies would fall in this category? So in, in society today, this is going to be the GPS. This is going to be the cell phone. This is the stuff that, I, 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 this is going to be your home computer. I, this is the stuff that society expects you to have to function and uh, in, in, in meet your societal needs. This is where I don't think you should cheap out. You don't have to go super high end, but you should be fairly current and be willing to spend a few dollars in this area. So uh, the obvious one is a cell phone. I, I think, I know people that don't have one, a smartphone, but I think society is kind of expecting you to have one. You know, it, it's, it's not, I, I was in the bank the other day and I seen a person who wanted their, you know what a passbook is? Oh yeah, you slide it into, you slide it into the bank machine. In it. And, and it prints your, and I was in the bank and I seen somebody wanted their, their, their passbook updated, right? So you put it in this thing and it prints it. And the teller they were dealing with did not know how to do it. It could have been the first day on the job. I don't know, but they had to go get somebody else to help them. So it, it's almost like that's not the norm, but I remember that that was the only way, right? That's what you did. And if you, if you were to get your banking information on a computer, that would have been the exception. Well, now it's flip-flopped. You, everyone is expecting you. In fact, e-transfer money to, to friends, family, anybody you want to pay for something with an e-transfer. Yeah, I, I think people expect you to have a, a smartphone. It's almost the expectation in society. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I know it's... 
it's it's at the point where I, I I've thought this a few times, but if I if I if I forgot my phone at home, that's that's you know what like that's a day thing. But if I lost my phone, if um if my phone died, and I was stranded in the middle not stranded in the middle of nowhere, if I was kind of maybe not in 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 like my current city, if I was kind of away on a trip or something like that, and I lost my phone, like. I know one phone number and it's my mother's cell phone number. Like that's, that's it. Like I, I, and I'm bad with directions. Like it's kind of, and I, it's kind of scary how reliant we have become on technology and self, well, cell phones specifically. And, and kind of, it speaks to how essential they have become in our lives. So here's a little bit of a trip down memory lane that would give, you know, examples where I was a little late to the game. And I remember I was late to the game getting an answering machine. And this is a, a device you would hook up to your phone. It had a cassette tape you put in it. And if your phone rang so many times and nobody answered it, your answering machine would answer it. And it would say, hello, you know, Trevor's not here. Leave a message at the tone. And it, I remember I was, you know, probably the last person in the circle of people I knew to get one. And people say, you know, hey, I tried to leave you a message, but your, your, your machine never picked up. That was the terminology they used. I said, well, I don't have one. They go, what? <laughs> Who doesn't have an answering machine? So that's when I kind of knew that it was kind of an ex- expectation to have one. So I, I was I an was annoyance. People couldn't leave me a message saying, hey, meet me wherever tomorrow, right? They had to keep phoning me back till they could get me. And that was annoying, right, to, to my friends and family that I was that inaccessible. So that's where I was... I, I looking back, I was late to the game to the point that society was going to leave me behind. So, so t- I just want to stop you there. So, to that point, did you did that sounds like a kind of one scenario, one time when you were forced to kind of move along with societal expectations? But is there? I mean, I, I know you probably have another example as well. But is that been one that annoyed you? Did you feel kind of forced by society against your kind of your own will because you wanted to kind of keep up with with everyone else's expectations? Like, at, at what point are did were or how often did I guess you, you feel that way? Well, I just felt you know this was in a social way, but I felt like I was out of the know. You know, I didn't know we were all going to meet at wherever because I never got the message. Yeah. You know, you know so it, it, and this is before cell phones, so people couldn't just phone you. Like, you, they either left you a message and you, you got it or you didn't. So that was kind of a... But I also remember I was, I was late to the game on getting a VCR. That's a video cassette recorder. And I remember I was late to the game getting that, and people would say you want to borrow this movie and watch it and I said well I don't really have any way to play it right and so I didn't jump I wasn't too quick to get on that bandwagon because I I I didn't know if it was a passing fad or not turns out it was (laughs) because DVDs came out. But they fell under entertainment as well. Yeah yeah so I was late to the game on that and that was okay but it was late to the game on answering machines and that was not okay because again I, I I was I was a problem to other people because of it. So the, so the next course, so that's essential. Um, the next category and the final category is critical. So what really in your mind is a differentiation between essential and critical and what kind of falls into that critical category? So there's a couple things I've seen is I know people, I know a few people that have diabetes and that's like a blood sugar problem. And you can get a device to, to be able to check your own blood sugar level at, at any time. And this is something where 
if if I were diabetic, I would absolutely have this. This this is this would be a non-negotiable, and I'd have the most current model all the time because I want to know my blood sugar level. Because you're talking life or death here, right? And so on a smaller scale, I think if you are self-employed or you, um, I guess that's the best example. And you, just say you have a computer for your job. So here's an, a real world example. I was in Staples. This is going back quite a few years. And there was a guy who um, was in there and he he was panicking. I'm talking, this guy was just, just he was beat red and he was just like furious and he was, he, he could barely form sentences. He was so wound up. And he said, my computer won't work. You know, the hard drive won't boot up. I need this thing fixed like now. I, I have a meeting I'm going to with a client and this computer needs to work. I need it in the next hour. And <laughs> nobody in Staples that I've met operates under those kind of, um, you know, they say, well, we'll ship it away and, you know, it'll be back in six weeks. We'll let you know. <laughs> so the, so this guy said, and, and this is going, This I'm going to say this is probably five years ago. And the guy said, I paid $300 for this computer. I want it fixed now. Oh. And I, th- I thought, holy smokes, who's, who's making a living on a $300 computer? Like that's, you know, so this is an example where I would be willing to spend thousands of dollars on a computer if it was my, if it's what I was making a living with. But this guy had a $300 computer. He needed it fixed to go see a client and he was disappointed that it wasn't working. Like, like this is, this guy missed, you know, he, he cheaped out on a piece of critical technology, his livelihood. And it, that's an example where I think you, you can't cheap out. You need to spend the money. This is, this is what you make money off of. So those are the uses of technology and we kind of define them, which is fantastic. And again, a great way to understand the purpose of your technology and, and, and how it's used and what you can expect of it and, and, and the amount of money you should invest into each piece of technology that you do have. So the last section um, and is approaches to technology. And um, so this is the money part of the show. <laughs> the this, money you, part. So we've, we've explained the problem, but this is, this is, the cost-effective approach to technology. So there are. This is this. This is actually. If you're if you're in marketing or you've taken marketing, this is this uh, kind of framework is something that is utilized in uh and in, in kind of the the marketing aspect of it uh, as well. But it also works to just every piece of technology as well. So, um, Trevor's breaking down approaches to technology into kind of three different. Um, I guess places or three different ways that you can adopt technology. Um, so I'll, I'll, there's three, and then we'll go through each of them. But there's early adopter, mainstream adopter, and late adopter. So Trevor, there are in kind of the typical marketing model. There's there's usually more um, adopters. But why did you just break it down into three? And and how at kind of a high overview level does three different adopter types really encapsulate every piece of technology that we can kind of take on? Well, I think you should be, if you are using technology effectively today in society, you should be all three of these for the different types of technology, the different uses of technology that we have in our lives. Oh, yeah. And I think, so again, that's why when we kind of go back, it's good to know and understand where, what each piece of technology, where each piece of technology fits in. So let's start with um, the early adopter approach to technology. 
So an early adopter, there's good and bad here. So the good part of being an early adopter, it just let's use this, uh, the latest iPhone as the example. You clearly you get the latest product, and it, maybe it's a bit of a status symbol for you, right? You've got you've got the latest iPhone. It could be a you trying to demonstrate wealth, right? So it, that that's a possible good. Being an early adopter and working with the technology and working through some of the issues that are are inherent in new technology. If you're a technical person, you become a product expert early on. So by the time the mainstreamers mainstreamers adopt the product, you're already a product expert. You you you're using this thing. You're you're so far advanced from the the, the masses of people that, that that adopt it later. So you kind of become a product expert. That could be important. You could not. Maybe uh, there's a bad side to it. The bad side, the the biggest bad side to being an early adopter of technology is it's very expensive. I mean, you are paying outrageous premiums to be the first in line for any technology. And it is, it's, it's outrageous what, what you people are willing to pay. I remember way back, this is when flat screen TVs first came out and they were like six inches thick. <laughs> they were, they were anything but flat. My brother got one. He paid $5,000 for a 50 inch TV. Wow. You know, that's, yeah, that, wow. What, I don't know what else you could say to that. But he was the first person I ever knew who had a flat screen TV. And he, it's, it's there was outrageous price. But uh, another, the other bad aspect of it is, is generally the product, even though the company's saying, you know, this, you know, we're delivering this as a finished product, it really is in the developmental stage. There's bugs to be worked out. And you as the early adopter, you're, you're going to be the person who works out the bugs. You're going to be the person who complains and say, hey, this doesn't work. And then the company's going to fix it and they'll re-release the product a year later with all those problems solved. So I I think when you're speaking to the last point there, I mean, I, that could also be spun on its head into a good, maybe you pride yourself in how, in kind of being a, a product innovator and, and also in, in the sense that you work with the brand to, um, to kind of really, uh, your your feedback maybe is is key to to making um, to making changes and and bettering the product. But in the same the same uh, kind of breath, I think when when you're also kind of in this stage, you also can become a a brand advocate or a brand leader. So it just within your own small circle. So if you are the early adopter of and this kind of goes back to the status thing. But if you, if you are an early adopter of a piece of technology, then you may be, everyone may turn to you to, to find out what makes this latest piece of technology the best or the worst. So you do have that kind of social status as well that comes along with being an early adopter. And I think if you get caught in this, in being an early adopter for phones or whatever it may be, it might be hard to slip away from being an early adopter because if, if you, if you don't, if you're not the first one with it, then I mean, who, who are you? Well, I agree with, with that, but I wouldn't get caught up in the status things. That's, that's how you, you run out of money in a hurry. But I think I, I can't think of many cases where I would suggest, you know, be an early adopter in this aspect of technology. I, I really can't, I, I don't think there's ever a good time but if you if you feel the need to be an early adopter make sure it's only on like one aspect technology like if it's cell phones then don't 
just just do it on cell phones. You don't try to be an early adopter on everything. But the problem is, is the people who are early adopters on t- on one piece of technology, they they they're fascinated by the advancements that they're they're probably going to be an early adopter on all aspects of technology. And and as well, I think it goes back to kind of we use that the car example. If you only ever purchased a new car and finally buy used, it's not going to kind of function as optimally as your brand new car did. And I, I think the same is about technology that if you get too used to kind of adopting technology early in, in one aspect of your life, you may kind of have that expectation for other areas in your life as well. So that is early adopter, the first approach to technology. The second approach is the mainstream adopter. So there's good and bad with being a mainstream adopter. So the good is you you do get the latest product not the the not as late as the early adopter but you're you're getting sort of a, a current product current in and you're also getting a product that has most of the bugs worked out of it it's going mainstream because the early adopters got it they figured out what didn't work they give the feedback to the manufacturer they sort it out and now you have it so that's the good with with being a mainstream the bad is the product is still expensive and it's expensive for a different reason. It's now expensive because everybody wants it. It's it, the, All the masses want this product. So it's in high demand, meaning it's going to be, it could it could be just as expensive as the early adopter, but because it's mainstream, everybody wants it, it's still expensive. And the products are still in a little bit of a de- 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 developmental stage in that the product may have been tested by the early adopters and bugs worked out, but once you scale something and you take it on a on a, a large scale and you're using, say, a cellular network and a certain app when everybody's using it, it, it doesn't have the same robust functionality. That that could be a flaw. So would you say then that most people fall into the mainstream adopter category? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Most people, they're, they're a little gun shy of the, the latest technology. You know, they, it makes them nervous and then maybe they're, they, they don't want to be the, you know, to be an early adopter, you have to have this desire to learn on your own. There's going to be nobody to ask, how do you do this? Because nobody knows. You're going to be the guy who figures it out and puts it on your YouTube channel. And with mainstream adopters, do you think that maybe most society falls into this specific adopter uh, approach due to societal expectation? I think so. That's that's part of it. If you're not, if you don't have it when everybody else has it, like I remember uh, I had an iPhone 4 and when they come out with the iPhone 5, it looked dramatically different and I, I didn't care. I mean, my phone still worked, but people would know. So if you cared about status, people would know you're carrying an old piece of technology. And I mean, that I think uh, we've talked about that kind of keeping up with the Joneses is a dangerous place to fall into. So I think I, I like you, like we've kind of been saying, it's important to kind of just realize where you are uh, and why you're kind of motivated to take something on. So that's mainstream adopter. And the final state approach to technology is the late adopter. So what is this? What does it constitute? So this is the money part of the show. This this is what I do. This is how I function with technology. So I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. So yeah, being completely 
um, obsessed or passionate about technology, you still this this is this is how you make it work. This is you can still fall. You can you can take a late approach and still kind of adore technology. This is what makes it possible for me to own technology and do it financially responsibly. I love it. Okay, let's. Yes, I'm curious. So. There is good and bad. I, I'm obviously going to slant this toward the good because I believe this is the approach to use. So I, I want to start by saying I would not use this approach if I were using it. I described that guy in Staples, right? He bought a cheap computer. But I also wouldn't be a late adopter if I were making a living off this. I wouldn't be an early adopter because th there's risk with that. But I would be a mainstream adopter for technology that I use to earn a living. Like if it were cameras or or. Uh, computers, what you you name it. If it's technology that's needed to earn a living, I would be a mainstream adopter, not a late adopter. And if it, this is is uh, critical, if it's like for like I mentioned that thing for diabetics for testing their blood sugar level, I would not be a late adopter. <laughs> I I don't want to know, you know, old school. What's my blood sugar level, right? I I want to know, you know. Again, I don't want to be an early adopter. I'd be a mainstream adopter. So, but for general purpose electronics consumer electronics so i'm a late adopter so to start with the good it's substantially reduced price i mean it is so i looked up just before we started recording again an iphone reference the latest iphone compared to and when i say late adopter i'm probably not buying the oldest phone but maybe the second to oldest phone it's 60 percent less 60% off. And don't that that was the best iPhone ever <laughs> at one point, right? So the price is substantially reduced. The product is fully tested. I mean, they've ironed out all the bugs. Even the mainstream group has ironed out the bugs. You're getting something that works. It it just works. Everything's been solved. And there's also a secondhand market. So you could be buying Secondhand, you could be buying this technology off somebody, it's probably an early adopter or maybe even a mainstream who just needs the current thing and they're selling a perfectly fine working electronic device and you can get it for like 50% off and it works fine. The only problem with it is this guy, you see this on the phone market all the time, they put in a new phone every year. Those people who get the new phone every year, they need to get rid of their old phone so they put it on Kijiji or something. They're selling it for half price. So there, there is a, a ton, like a ton on the secondhand market. So late adopters, that's that's really, it's only available to late adopters. But there's some bad associated being a late adopter. Uh, one is you don't get the latest features. But again, the phone, the, the, the iPhone you're buying, that, that's three, three or four models old, was the greatest phone ever at one time. So it, it clearly did remarkable things for somebody. The one that, that uh, can be your undoing is the product has a, a shortened life cycle. So we talked about at the beginning of the show, the, the products have built-in obsolescence. So if you buy something that is a late adopter that's two or three years old, it has a shorter life cycle, meaning it, it will be the, the network or the operating system or whatever is going to not work on this, the latest one, at some point in time, sooner for you than an early adopter. This one, I, I just remember you bought it at such a reduced price that maybe that that, that doesn't hurt as much if you do, if you do get a shorter life out of your product. And then there's also compatibility issues. 
everyone's running into this. If you're not running the latest operating system, say on your phone or your computer, you can't get the latest programs or apps that, that maybe you want to use. So the functionality is somewhat reduced. But in saying all of that, I'm a late adopter in almost all my technological needs, and it has been working for me for a long time. So I, I absolutely love the, the philosophy of being a late adopter, but Trevor, if I'm listening, listening to this episode today and I have identified that uh, through listening to this that I am either a mainstream or an early adopter, how do I kind of come to terms with kind of transitioning to becoming a late adopter due to kind of the financial benefits? How how do I justify that myself? And I know that sounds like kind of a maybe a simple or a simple question to ask because you, you're like, you, you just do it. But there is the kind of the, the, the uh, you talked about the bad. So that obviously comes into play. And also status, we can't forget that as well if, we, if we've kind of prided ourselves on being a mainstream to early adopter. So how do we kind of ad- adopt this mindset? Well, the, the great thing about this is the way to get to be a late adopter, if you're an early adopter or a mainstream adopter, is do nothing. Just don't go buy new technology and you will look like a late adopter eventually. So all you got to do is stay off the internet, stop watching commercials. <laughs> Live under <laughs> a rock. There. But it's really do nothing, and you will end up with late adopter equipment. And then, then once you realize that this stuff works for this long, then you start replacing it when it, it, it no longer meets its need, like my $800 inkjet printer <laughs> or my surround sound system with four remotes then you just don't replace it with current stuff. So heading into this episode, maybe our listeners assumed because you are such a, a tech junkie that you were an early to to kind of mainstream adopter. How do you, you do, I, it's, it's, it's easy to see that you do have a lot of um, kind of self-discipline when it comes to um not purchasing all the shiny things, but how do you maintain your passion and, and get ex- and kind of keep up to enjoy reading about it? Like, how do you stay immersed? How, where's that, how, like, where's that self-control come from? And if, if, if I'm a listener, I'm listening to this and I'm also as obsessed with kind of understanding the new technologies and, and, and I find it fascinating. How do you like, and you can't ex- exactly kind of always scroll back three months or read about all the old news and pretend that's the current news. So how, how do you kind of balance that, that passion with, with the late adopter mindset? Well, so two things. So I, I, I'm a late adopter. So I have a MacBook computer and I, I wanted the, uh, the model that was not the current model. I had to go to the Apple store to get it because like the staples and best buys, they didn't carry it. They only carried the latest one. So I actually had to go to their store. I confirmed they carry, they had some in stock, but this isn't the ones that were in their showroom. These were the old ones. So I, I do in every aspect of my life, but I'm fascinated by the advancement of technology. Just, just it's interesting, and I, I, I'm just excited that I can't wait till it gets to me. But I'm super patient. I, I'm fascinated by technology. I'm fascinated by how quickly it's advancing, and I guess the older I get, the easier it is to wait because I, I see how quickly it gets to me. Like it seems to, seems to me like I'm getting the, the, the nice camera in the iPhone that I was reading about two years ago. And, and then I'm finally getting it. And it just, I remember reading about it. And I, I don't know, I, I, I don't struggle with that. It seems to come natural. 
I absolutely love that that approach to it because it, the the thing that kind of just stuck out to me what you just said is it will eventually get to me and that so you kind of you have maybe a year or two years to really get excited about what it, what will eventually uh, not land in your lap but what you'll eventually acquire and it, it's kind of this build up of excitement and then you finally uh, get to experience it for X many of years. So Trevor, that kind of wraps up today's episode on a cost-effective approach to technology. We started with the problems with te- technology, the types of technology, the uses of technology, um, and and, fi- and finally we concluded with the approaches to technology, uh, moving from early adopter to a late adopter. Um, so again, that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much for being with us today. As we explore the topic of technology, if you have any thoughts or feedback or kind of have identified where you fall into the adopter mentality and how you kind of go about navigating that, we'd love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us via our email at livelifesimple.ca or through our contact submission form at, uh, which is on livelifesimple.ca or email livelifesimple365 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being here with us this week. And we can't wait to have you back here with us next week for a brand new show. Until then, keep it simple.